Hello, my name is Rivi Frankel. Welcome to Torah Imecha Nach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. Today we will be studying Sefer Zechariah, Perak Zion. Yesterday in Perak Vav, we ended the eight visions of Zechariah, and we saw by looking at the center of the chiastic structure how the ideas of a Brit, of covenant, and of creating the Beit HaMikdash into a place of relationship with Hashem, as opposed to a place of just materialism or a place to just come and confess and then wash our hands of any sort of relationship was the main message of the units of the vision. We also said that even though we finished the visions, that this theme will continue until the end of Parakhet, until the end of chapter eight. Today's chapter and tomorrow's chapter are really one long unit. They're one long chapter that seem to have very many different moving parts, but when we actually analyze them together, we'll see that they're part of one message and that that message connects back to that same idea as the main messages of the visions. The beginning of Parak Zion of chapter seven gives us an introduction of where we are, our context in history. Pasuk Aleph, verse 1, Vayhib shnat arba l'daryavesh ha-melech, hayad devar Hashem el Zechariah ba'arba l'chodesh ha-tshi'i ba-kislev. And it was in the fourth year of King Darius, on the fourth day of the ninth month of Kislev, the word of Hashem came to Zechariah. So while we are not given context in terms of history from the text of when the visions take place, we know that we are in the fourth year and that we've jumped some time from the last time that Zechariah tells us that we were in the second year of King Darius. Pasuk Bet, verse number two. Now, before I even translate this, there are many different opinions about what this, who this is, who we're talking about. So are we sending Beit El from Beit El, from the place, to Beit El, to the house of God? Is Beit El Sar Etzer one person's name? Then Virega Melech is another per- person's name and his people. So whoever these people are, wherever they're coming from, we know at the end, what are they doing? They're coming to ask, to turn to the face of God. They're, they're coming to ask God something. And that something becomes very clear in the next pasuk, in the next verse. Pasuk Gimel, verse 3. So you should say to the Kohanim of the Beit HaMikdash, of the Temple, and to the Prophet, saying, Should I still cry in the fifth month? and abstain like I've been doing for so many years? What's the fifth month? So if we start counting from Nisan, from the month that in the Torah is called the first month, so it's Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, Tammuz, Av. Right, so the fifth month is Av, we're talking about Tisha B'Av. So this delegation is coming and asking, should we still be fasting on Tisha B'Av? Now without any context of an answer, and without seeing how Hashem reacts to that, my first reaction is that this is a legitimate question. If we've already come back to Eretz Yisrael and we've rebuilt the temple and we're moving into a space of Geula and potentially the final redemption, 
Maybe I shouldn't be fasting anymore on Tisha B'Av. And so in order to understand what they're really asking, we have to analyze what Hashem's answer is. Pasuk Dalid, verse 4. Hashem's word to me is as follows. Pasuk verse 5. When you fasted and lamented on the 5th and on the 7th, meaning on Tisha B'Av and on Som Gedalia for these 70 years, were you fasting for my benefit? The rhetorical question of, and when you're eating and drinking, are you doing that for you? Who are you eating for? You're the one who's eating and drinking. Pasuk Zion, verse 7. This was exactly the message that the Nevi'im Rishonim, who were sitting in Jerusalem, and when the cities were tranquil and around the towns and the Negev and the Shvelah, when these places were filled with people, this is exactly what the Nevi'im were saying, right? You can feel the sarcasm in this answer. And yet it's still not clear what it is that is that Hashem is reacting to with this negativity. And that's really the end of Hashem's reaction. He doesn't actually answer the question. But the nevuah continues. And the word of Hashem to Zechariah saying, now it's interesting because it seems like it's a continuation. The verse doesn't actually tell us that. It could be this is a totally new prophecy. It's unclear from the actual text itself. And now we are going to continue Pasuk Tet to Pasuk Yodalid, verses 9 to 14. So says God of Legion, saying, Mishpat emet shiftu. You need to execute true justice, the chesed verachamim, and kindness and pity. Asu ish elachiv. Everyone should be compassionate with one another. Ve'almanav yotam ger ve'ani al ta'asku ver'at ish achiv al ta'chshavu belevavchem. Don't take advantage of the widow, the orphan, the ger, the convert, or the stranger, or the poor person. And don't think evil thoughts. Don't plot evil against one another in your hearts. But they refused to listen. And they turned their backs. And they turned a deaf ear. And they made their hearts hard. They didn't listen to the words that Hashem was sending through his Nevi'im Rishonim. And so there was this big anger from God of legions. What do we see here in these psukim? We see that even though we're no longer directly addressing the question of this delegation about fasting, Hashem is saying, you think it's about fasting? It's the same thing of, you think this is about karbano? You think this is about sacrifices? You think this is about what you bring to the Beit HaMikdash? You think this is about what you do in public when you afflict yourself for all to see? 
No, this is about being just, being truly just, being compassionate. This is about treating people the way that God has commanded you to treat others. This is about listening to the word of Hashem from the Nevi'im. And so as Hashem called and they wouldn't listen. And so what does Hashem say? Let them call and I will not listen. And so what is Hashem going to do? Hashem is going to disperse them amongst all of the nations that they didn't know. And the land, Eretz Yisrael, that was left behind is going to be desolate. Without anyone who came and went, they caused a delightful land to be turned into desolation. This response, this message of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, ties in so well with the messages of the visions of Zechariah. The Beit HaMikdash is a place that can be just materialism. It's a place where people come and they bring pretty things and it stands up as a symbol of the Jewish people and they bring their karbanot and then they come home and they treat their neighbor horribly or they take advantage and they cheat a widow or an orphan. And so what has the Beit HaMikdash become in that situation? The Beit HaMikdash at that point, the temple at that point has become an empty shell. It's not really about the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people. And so while the people are coming to ask, should we not be fasting? Hashem is asking them, have you internalized the message of Tisha B'Av? Have you internalized the message that made me destroy the Beit HaMikdash in the first place? Are you in a place where you're going to have true tzedek mishpat, true righteousness and justice? Are you in a place where you're ready for the inside of the Beit HaMikdash to match the outside of the Beit HaMikdash? Are you ready to be full and complete people who are actually entering a covenant with God? Or do you want to be somebody that is perceived as such? Because in your asking of the question, should we still fast? Zechariah's answer is showing that perhaps the people have not yet come to a place where there's an, not an incongruency between who they show the world they are and who they actually are. We will see this theme continue and this answer and this connection back to the fasting tomorrow in Parakhet. Thank you for studying together. Le'iloi Nishmat Riva Schwab, Rivka Bat Alexander Sender.